love this music. I just love my grass skirt at home. Huh? Huh? I can't hear you. High Desert Word Center. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord? It's like King David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And come on, what better place could you be in Barstow tonight than at church? I mean, we, hey, we know there's no place else to be. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we had an awesome weekend this past weekend with our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiessen from Honduras and Peru. And uh, with a further testimony on that is that some of you got an email yesterday, and and uh, long story short, they were blessed with a van recently um, to help them in their travels here when they're in the U.S., and, and it needed some pretty serious repairs. So we took it to a local repair shop, and the repairs were going to be about $2,000, and we said, hey, God has got that. And so uh, praise God, some of the church people got together. Not only did we get all the money we needed for their repairs, praise the Lord, but we got an additional $500 to give to the missionaries, all right? And so uh, God is really, really good. Let's hear it for Jesus and let's hear it for the church family. Yes. And so we want to be a blessing to them as they get ready to go back to Honduras, all right? Well, we're going to go ahead and open up tonight by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Let's stand up together tonight. 
because we believe that America is coming to Jesus. And you're like, well, hey, I don't see it. Well, if you got to see it to believe it, then you're not a faith person. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight. And well, did you see what happened yesterday? It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Jesus is Lord. Can somebody say amen tonight? Yes. All right. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right. Well, I've got a few announcements here to go over real quick. And uh, I'm telling you, we are coming into the busy season. We're coming in to the final little bit of the year right here. And so we are ramping up the uh, the church activities and uh, everything for you guys to be able to be a part of. So listen up. Baptisms are this coming Sunday. And if you have never been baptized, you need to be baptized. Amen. If Jesus himself thought that it was a good idea for him to be baptized, we think it's a great idea for you. So if you have not been baptized or maybe even you were as a little kid and you didn't really know what was going on, we want to baptize you this Sunday. So there's a sign-up sheet passing around right now. And get on there. And Sunday is your day to be baptized, all right? Here's another good one. Uh, this is for our uh, young wives and moms group. Um, so this is moms with small children, okay? Uh, they're going to be having a get-together on Saturday, September 25th at the H Street Park from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., all right? So all the moms can get together. And, and who knows that, man, sometimes the moms, they need a little break for a minute. Amen? Any, any moms in here, you could say amen to that? Okay, I mean, you don't need a break. That's fine, because all the moms I know, they've got kids all over the place, and they're saying, help me. And so we're trying to help you. We're trying to help you out. So this is going to be Saturday, September 25th, 9 to 11. Do we have any married people in the house? You should sound more enthusiastic about being married, because if I was going to go off of that right there, I'd say, I don't want to get married. These people aren't excited about it. Do we have any married people in the house tonight? That was cute, but we'll get back to that, all right? Anyway, uh, we have a married event coming up on Friday night, October the 1st. Friday night, October the 1st, um, over here in Victory Hall. All the married couples are going to be married, a guy and a girl married. And we're having a Mexican dinner pitch-in right back here at uh, Victory Hall. Free child care for ages 10 and under. Free child care. Where else are we going to go and get free food and free child care? You're not, you're not, you're going to get it right here at church. So Friday, October the 1st, and it's going to be a Mexican style pitch and dinner. There is a sign up sheet on the back table, but we are trying to bless you, bless your family and bless your marriage. Amen. We're here for you. And then I also want to make note that membership class is going to be on Sunday night, October the 3rd. And I'm going to pass this around. If you have been here for a minute and you said, hey, 
I want to just put down some roots and, and I want to become a member. Go ahead and just pass that around to everybody. They need to sign it, all right? And so uh, if you want to be a member and say, you know what? I found my church family. I found where I want to hook up. We have a membership class to officially make you part of the family. And if you're like, man, you guys are weird. I don't know about that. We're weird, but we're extremely happy, all right? So come on. Yeah, that's a good thing. You like that stuff. So if you want to be a part of the family, go ahead and sign up on that. And my last announcement is this is that Harvest Fest is coming up on Friday, October the 29th. Yes. And so we've already got the candy bins back there. We're filling up with candy. And again, I just keep reminding you, this isn't the big 3,000-member event that it is most years. It's going to be scaled down, really focusing on, uh, you know, our church family. And maybe you can bring some friends and stuff. But Friday, October 29th. And also there's a sign-up sheet back there if you're interested in helping us to get things set up or planned out. We still need some help with it. But it is going to be an awesome, awesome night to bond with the family. Who thinks that sounds pretty sweet to you tonight? All right, very good. Well, uh, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. And for that, I'm going to have Pastor come on up and take up our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Are there any cheerful givers in the house tonight? All right. Hey, listen, I'm going to wake this crowd up before this is over with. (laughs) Work at it. They're hard workers. They work in the heat, so sometimes you want to sleep. But uh, don't go to sleep. You've heard the last amen. This is the first amen. Amen? Okay. That's not the last. All right, hold up your hands. You need an envelope for your tithes, for your offerings. And uh, I'm going to exhort you a bit from the Word of God. Open up your Bible to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Philippians 4, verse 19. And how, how many have heard the verse, Hebrews 10, 23, that says, Hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Anybody ever heard that verse? Hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Well, I'm going to show you what a confession of faith is. This will help you. Philippians chapter 4, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but starting at verse 15, Philippians chapter 4, Paul was talking to the church of Philippi, and he was thanking them for supporting his missionary journeys. How many know that Paul was a serious missionary? Yeah, he was on the field, and you know what? We had some serious missionaries in here Sunday. These guys spend all their time down in Latin America. They don't just do Honduras and Peru, by the way. They're the they're directors for AFCM, Association of Faith Churches and Ministries, for Latin America. They go to a lot of countries. They go to Guatemala and uh, El Salvador and all those places down there, but the primary two places is Peru and Honduras, and they, uh, their kids were born there. Rob was born on the mission field. He's American, born on the mission field. They spent their whole married life on the mission field. Would you call them serious missionaries? Amen. They're in the same league as Paul the Apostle, and so Paul thanked them for supplying uh, all of his missionary needs while he was out there, and so then he gets down to verse 19 talking about all the giving they did, and then he says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so he's talking about the fact that the Bible teaches sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, that they were giving lots of money to him. And what he was saying is this, You're not going to go broke because you gave to me. On the contrary, you're going to prosper because you gave to me. And matter of fact, he called it verse 17 there, Fruit. That's a bounce to your account. 
And the FY Bible says that when you're, when you're hooked up with God and you're supporting missions, it says God sets up in heaven a debit at a credit account. And he keeps account of that. And so I know that we're picking up the uh, the thesis for this coming year is add another missionary. And so I suggested Sunday, I said, my wife and I, we're going to up our monthly mission saying we've been doing because I knew that it would take more to take care of another missionary. And so we increased ours by 25%, which just means what we're doing. We just uh, added to that. And so we're going to be doing that to make sure we take care of them. And then, therefore, we qualify for the but. But my God shall supply all your need. And so if you so desire to increase yours for the next year while we support them, then go ahead and increase yours. But know that Philippians 4.19 is for you if you're a supporter of missions. And then I, 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 I was thinking, you know, about the things that we've done as a church here. We helped get that van going. That was really a big deal for what these guys are doing. And so we as Christians have to know as we're hooked up with God, God's hooked up with us, and it's really serious business, and we really appreciate that, don't we? Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's make our financial faith confession, and then we'll get into some worship, love Jesus, and Pastor Dave's going to bless us about some really, really good stuff. Amen. Let's stand up and make our faith confession. As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive. Jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs. I have more than enough to take care of my family, get just into the kingdom of God both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, once you're done uh, worshiping the Lord with your tithes and your offerings, join us up here at the altar and we'll get started. Hallelujah. Every fear overtaken Every wall comes crashing down I am free in your presence Oh
You're still enough to keep me 
You're still enough and keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. This is my This is my confidence, you never fail. 
raise our hands for a minute tonight. Amen. Who in here, you've seen him move some mountains in your life at one point or another, no matter what that mountain was. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are incredible. You are great. There is nobody like you. And no matter what it is we face, we know that it is no match for you. We thank you that nothing is impossible with you. And Jesus, we lift you high tonight and we glorify your name and ask you to have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim that your word will have free course. It will accomplish all you send it forth to do, God. And as we hear your word tonight, faith shall come because faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. We love you, Jesus, and we lift you up tonight and ask you to have your way right now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can somebody give God some praise with me tonight? Praise the Lord. God is good to us. God is good to us. And who in here, I mean, you know that without the grace and mercy of God, you would not be here today. He has rescued you. He has saved you. He has delivered you. He has made a way when there wasn't even a way. Praise the Lord. So I love Jesus. He's done a lot for me. And I know you guys could say the exact same thing in here tonight. Praise God. Well, I'm going to try to get right into the word tonight. Um, we've, I'm going to be talking on the topic of healing once again, but definitely from a different angle. We've taken probably the last, I think, five or six weeks to discuss the topic of healing because there's a lot of things that we believe in from the Bible, and right at the top of that list is healing. I know that Jesus is my Savior. He saved me from hell and made a way for me to go to heaven and forgive my sins. Thank you, Jesus. And he also paid the price for healing, and according to 1 Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes and his wounds, we have been healed. Can somebody say amen to that tonight? Amen. And so if you are confident to know that Jesus is your healer, you have great peace of mind even in the world right now that we live in. And so we've discussed physical healing for the past, I think, six weeks. But tonight I'm going to talk about healing on another level of who you are. The title tonight is this, Healing for Your Soul. Healing for Your Soul. Now, uh, you need to realize, and again, if you've been here very long, you know this much, that Human beings are three-part beings, right? You know this. Uh, we're made in the image of God. Genesis 1.26 says that we're made in the image of God. And God is a three-part being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're made in his image. You're a three-part being, your spirit, soul, 
and body. And let me show you this verse here, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Amen. Thank you. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And I will be speaking very fast tonight because I sat down and I think I did it again. I put a lot of information down. And I'm like, why a Wednesday night? Doing like a college-level Bible class on a 30-minute message. So uh, just stick with me. But I'm going to be going very, very fast tonight. So Write, write as many, write these verses down. You need to write these down. But anyway, First Thessalonians five twenty three. It says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely." Have you been sanctified completely? Amen. Yeah, come on. You weren't halfway sanctified. You're not a half baked, lukewarm. Jesus halfway did the job. No, Jesus completely sanctified you. And look at this. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have very uh, a lot of similar verses that say the same thing. But the point is, is that you are a three-part being. You're a spirit. That is the innermost core of who you are. You are a soul, which most people don't know that much about. And then you have a body that you live in. And I kind of think of it this way. You're kind of like an apple. It's got three layers to it. It's got the outermost layer, the skin, right? And, and, uh, and, and that's the thinnest, most really insignificant part of the apple. And human beings, you know, we've all got different skins. And that's just the outside, really the most insignificant part of who we are. But at the deeper level, you've got a core uh, beneath you right there. And just like the apple, it has the core on the inside. But at the deepest, innermost part, they're seeds, right? And those are where the life comes from. Those are what reproduce. Those are the most essential part of it all. And for you, at the innermost part of who you are, the seed on the inside is your spirit. And that's the most important part of who you are because your spirit, it goes on forever. It either goes to heaven when you die or it goes to hell if Jesus has not been received as your savior, all right? And so with all that being said, Tonight, we're talking about healing for your soul, which I believe is the least known uh, and understood part of who you are. A lot of people know a whole lot about their body. They can tell you the science and the, and the you know, the, all this workout and fitness stuff, and I think that's really cool. I don't know much about that, but good for you. And then a lot of people, they know a lot about the spirit, praise God, and you need to know a lot about that. But the most under, misunderstood part of who you are is the soul. And so, again, I'm going a little deep tonight. Hang on to your seats and try to follow me, okay? But listen, if you were to break down your soul, it's also broken into three aspects and angles. And your soul would be your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, there's not one in particular Bible verse that straight up says that. But as you study the whole counsel of Scripture, we've got dozens of Scriptures to prove each one of those points. And if you're a note taker, I'm getting ready to throw a few at you. They won't be on the screen, but you should write these down. And so, listen, you, your soul consists, first of all, of your mind. And again, these aren't going to be on the screen. If you're writing, write fast. Proverbs 2.10 tells us that wisdom goes to the heart, which is your spirit. And it says knowledge goes to the soul, which is your mind. That's Proverbs 2.10. Uh, Lamentations 3.20, Jeremiah said, my soul, my mind, remembers 
And so we know the part of you that remembers is your mind. And so we're talking about the soul. It is your mind. It is your will. Number two, it is your will. And your will is really basically simply put your power of choice. Your power of choice. And I could talk about that for a very long time. You have no idea how powerful your ability to just simply choose is. That is super, super powerful in your life. And uh, and so your soul is your mind. It is your will and your power to choose. And uh, so there's verses for that. Job 7.15 says, my soul chooses. Job 7.15 says, my soul chooses. Job 6, 7 says, my soul refuses, right? And so choosing, refusing, these are all the power of will and the power of choice. First Chronicles 22, 19, he says, set your heart and soul to seek God. All right, I'm going fast, I get it, but I'm trying to show you that there's biblical proof to what we're talking about here. And so your soul is your mind, your will which is super powerful, and it is your emotions. Somebody that has very emotional uh, tendencies, you know, they could have a, you know, a, some sort of a chemical imbalance, but oftentimes they have a soul problem that they just, they do not control. And uh, again, there's a hundred verses on this, but David shows it very well. Psalm 43, 5, he says, my soul is sad and downcast. My soul is sad. And David was very good at expressing his emotions. And then in Psalm 35, 9, on the other hand, he says, my soul rejoices. And so this is the emotions. So very clearly, biblically speaking, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so now that I've laid that very quick foundation, what I want to talk about tonight is healing for your soul because we know that Jesus if you received him into your heart he healed your heart he healed your spirit and spiritually speaking you are born again brand new made as white as snow you are you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus spiritually speaking amen and so that takes care of one part of you. Now there's two more parts. It's up to you to do something about your body, right? That's, that's you know, hey, you got to do something about that. That's between you and, and you got to handle that. And then there's your soul. And listen to me right now. There is not only healing for your body, which we've proven over the last five weeks. There is healing available to your mind, your will, and your emotions, so I'm not, you know, I'm just getting very real because I super believe this, that if you are emotionally unstable, I believe that healing is available for you. If you've got bad, traumatic things going on in your mind, terrible thoughts all the time, there is healing for you. If you just don't have the will to go on anymore, praise God, there's healing for you because Jesus is the deluxe package. He's the real deal. He is the full thing. If he provides healing, it's not just for a part of you, a third of you, two-thirds of you. Jesus provides healing to every part of who you are. He wants you completely healed, completely made whole, and that includes your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's a good place for somebody to say amen tonight. Come on, listen. I don't like to see Christians having 
all this soul issues when Jesus paid the price for that too, and you can be made whole, all right? And so we're going to dig in and break this down for about 26 minutes here. Can you do that tonight? Who will give me 26 minutes? All right, all right, yeah, that's good, all right. Let's pray and let's go. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much for your holy written word, and I pray that as we open up tonight, that you will speak to us, you will show us what we need to see, and God, I thank you that you are the real deal, you are the full package, and I know, Lord, that you are going to provide healing to every part of who we are. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen, all right. So first of all, healing number one for your mind, healing for your mind. This is the main number one area that I believe Satan will try to attack you in. And sadly, nearly every person I come across does not know how to fight back. And uh, I don't say this in a, you know, like in a perverse way, but there's a lot of people that they have a sick mind. And I'm not talking about a nasty mind, but they've got a sick mind. They've let the devil throw so much junk at them that they just sit there and accept. They just sit there and dwell upon it. You realize that when all these negative, bad thoughts come to your mind, you really know that that's not God sending those bad thoughts to your mind, right? You know that, right? You know that God's not sitting there telling you thoughts that you're a loser, you're ugly, that your marriage is no good, that your, you know, your kids are no good, that, you know, that you're poor, that you're nasty, that, that you're all these regrets and all these things that you've repented for. If these things are coming to your mind, that's not God bringing it up. Who do you think is going to throw nasty, negative, bad thoughts at you? It's the enemy. And, in fact, Scripture says he's the accuser of the brethren. And so when Jesus forgave you, he said, hey, I will cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. I will blot out your transgressions and never think of them again. If you're sitting there and all you can think of is all the dumb things that you've done, that's not Jesus doing that to you. He forgot about it. That's the accuser of the brethren. If you've got thoughts of fear and stress and anxiety and depression, that is not God giving those to you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And you sit there taking that junk all day long, you're going to have a sick mind, and you're going to, man, it's going to be bad. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. No wonder if you've got all these warped thoughts going on all the time, that will determine the direction of your life. You've got to get a hold of this. And we're here to help you, and we're here to say that this can happen. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm not turning there tonight, write it down. Ephesians 6, it lists the armor of God, right? You know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth. It lists all these things. But it tells us in Ephesians 6 uh, to take the shield of faith so you can stop all the fiery darts or arrows of the wicked one. And so I'm thinking about that. I'm like, all these you know, I can just see an, an, an enemy just firing all these arrows and darts. And, and in our day and age, we're like, well, that doesn't sound that scary. Listen, these soldiers back then, they were trained and proficient in the art of shooting fiery arrows and darts at the enemy. And I've even looked at some of, you know, we don't think that much about arrows, but a lot of the, even the Native American tribes were so proficient, they could fire off like three darts before the first one hit the ground. These guys, it is, it's a potent thing that we're talking about here. And a lot of scholars that I've, that I've uh, broken down this verse with will point out that 
This very likely, Paul is referring to the thoughts that Satan just fires off at you one after another. The fiery darts and arrows of the wicked one. And what happens is, is that those fiery arrows, they may not be enough in and of themselves to kill you and take you down. But after a while, if you are just nonstop getting bombarded with all these little irritating, annoying, bad little things coming at you nonstop all the time, after a while, it's going to drive you so crazy that you'll just run right out there in the line of fire and really meet the thing that's going to take you down. You have to fight back against the fiery thoughts, the, the, the darts, the arrows of the wicked one. You got to hold up that shield of faith, sister. Do you hear me tonight? And so there's Christians, good people that'll sit there all day long just absorbing these thoughts. Man, you know, your family's going to get sick. They always do. Anyone's going to get it in Barstow. It's going to be you. You know what? I, I, I heard my kid sneeze today. No doubt about it. He's got it. No doubt about it. He's, he's going down. He's going down. Yeah, and, and that may sound silly, but why in the world would you sit there and, and not do something about that thought? 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to take every thought captive. Bring it into submission to the word of God. And so many times we don't take the thoughts captive. They take us captive. And you're sit there bound by fear, bound by anger and rage, bound by lust, bound by pride, bound by fear and, and all these negative, nasty things. And I'm telling you right now, you were told to take every thought captive, to hold up the shield of faith and to actually do something about it. But too many people just sit there and absorb all these thoughts all day long. And listen to me, that'll destroy your mind, but the good news is Jesus can heal your mind. And so I want to look at three verses in a row here real quick. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Are you still with me tonight? We're here to help you. We're going to see you win, win the battle. Amen. Every battle that comes up against you, you have been guaranteed victory in Christ Jesus. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. But the sad thing is a lot of people don't know how to fight back against the enemy. The good news is the scripture tells us how to fight back against the enemy. So we're going to look here at John 14 and verse 27. John 14 and verse 27. Now follow along with this. John 14 verse 27. Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift. Man, if Jesus is going to leave me with a gift, you better bet that I want that gift. Whatever it is, I want that gift. He said, this gift is peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus said, I'm leaving you peace for your mind and peace for your heart. And we clearly know that heart is referring to your spirit. But praise God, you can have peace for your mind. Who would like peace of mind? You better know that I've been in both spots where I haven't had peace of mind, and I've been in the spot where I do have peace of mind, and I greatly prefer having peace of mind over not having peace of mind. And here's the thing, Jesus already paid for it. He said, I'm leaving you with this gift, peace for your mind, peace 
for your heart. And peace is a word that connotates being whole, healing, restoration, peace for your mind. Jesus made the way for it. Just like he paid the price for you to have physical healing, just like he paid the price for your sins to be forgiven, he paid the price for you to have peace for your mind. You better know what belongs to you. You better tap in to what belongs to you. Philippians 4, 7, Philippians 4, 7. I like verses 6 and 7, but I'm just going to read verse 7. Philippians 4, verse 7. You have no idea how hard it is to cram this into the hour of power. Man, I challenge you. Just come up and try this sometime. So Philippians 4, verse 7. Verse 6 is incredible. It, it tells us not to worry about anything, but instead give thanks and everything and all this stuff. But then verse 7 says, and after you do that, then you will experience God's peace. Who would like to have God's peace? Oh, man, I'm telling you right now. Well, what about his peace? It exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your what? Your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. If you are living in Christ Jesus, I've got a promise for you tonight. You can't have peace of heart and peace of mind. Yeah, but I've got all this bad stuff going on right now. Perfect. Good. Listen to me. I'm not saying I want you to have bad stuff, but if you want to test out the peace of God, you can test it out when difficulty comes your way. Peace of heart. Praise God. We got that peace in our spirit and peace for your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Well, I don't ever have none of that peace. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you live in Christ Jesus or do you live in yourself? Do you live a selfish life only thinking about you and what will make you happy? Or do you live in Christ Jesus? If you live in Christ Jesus, glory to God, there is peace for your heart and peace for your mind. Now look at this, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Told you, man, we are just nailing it tonight. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Now check it out. You have a responsibility when it comes to your soul. You have a responsibility. Jesus cleaned up your spirit. Amen. I didn't have to pay the price for my sins. I didn't have to make myself uh, pure and forgiven because I couldn't. There's no way. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't even a possibility that I could pay for my own sins. So Jesus took care of that for me. But I've got to do something about my mind. I've got to do something about my mind. Romans 12. And so we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. In the New King James, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And so I like that. Me taking care of my body and presenting it as a sacrifice to God is not an unreasonable thing for God to ask of me. The scripture says it's, it's reasonable. That's, that's not an unreasonable thing of God to ask. I should do something about presenting my body. And, you know, again, we aren't going into great detail on that. And uh, listen, we got to take care of these bodies. Amen. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. This thing's on loan from Jesus right now. Amen. And so listen to me. I can't go out there and abuse this thing and, and eat 10,000 calories a day. Can't go out there and smoke a bunch of stuff and inject a bunch of stuff and drink a bunch of stuff. And why? Because I am not my own. I belong to Jesus. And this is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I can't do all those things and then just thank you, Lord. I'm going to walk in healing and health. I thank you that I've got the promises of, of health and healing. 
you've got to do something on your part too. You have to present your body as a living sacrifice, and that is not an unreasonable thing of God to ask. It is very reasonable. It is your reasonable service according to the scripture. But look at verse 2. Here's what I'm getting at. This is about your soul and your mind. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind, that's your soul. Why? That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're going to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your mind needs renewed. Am I the only one that can say, man, I need to clean this thing up sometimes? Are you with me tonight? Hey, we got to do this. And notice that in here, the emphasis is on you. It says, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind with the word of God. There is healing for your mind. This is not impossible. There is healing for your mind, but I'm getting ready to give you a key to victory if you'll listen. And I understand that not everybody's going to listen, but for those of you that will listen tonight, here is a massive key to victory and success for you. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. That's the devil's playground, and he will beat you to a pulp all day long if you just sit there taking these thoughts in and like, oh, man, I don't know about that. And and, and, and you're just taking them in. The mind is the devil's playground, and that is that is his battlefield. He will whip you every time if you keep the battle in the mind. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care how strong you are. Yeah, but I've got a very strong mind, and I've got tremendous willpower. That's cute, and that's nice, and we're thrilled for you. But if you keep the battle in the mind, you will lose every time. How do you fight the battle of the mind and of the soul when these thoughts and these arrows and these fiery darts of the wicked one come in here all day long? You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. You speak the word of God out of your mouth. When he comes in and says, oh, man, you know what's going to happen. This is going to happen, and that's going to happen. And when fear tries to hit you, you don't just sit there and try to outthink the devil. You answer him with the word of God. You say, no, that's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can't have my kids. Amen. Oh, you guys are going broke. No, we're not. Philippians 4.19 says that God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Well, you're going to get sick and this is going to happen. No, I'm not. Matthew 8.17 says that Jesus came to take my sickness and remove my disease. And Psalm 34 tells me that the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Amen. I'm telling you. I am trying to help you out right now. If you'll listen, you don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with the word of God coming out of your mouth. When Satan came to Jesus, the temptation of Jesus, right, over there, and, uh, and, and the, all, the, the, the gospels, they all talk about it. But listen to me. He comes and he throws these things at Jesus. Hey, all right, if you're the son of God, prove it. Turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus do? I'm just going to put my mind to it, and I'm just going to outthink the devil. Jesus Christ himself said, no, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus answered the devil with the word 
of God. Don't think that you've got more mental power than Jesus had. Don't think that you've got a strong, because you don't. You have to fight this by speaking the word of God out of your mouth. Amen? And so for the sake of time, I have to keep going on. But listen to me. You've got to do this. If you want deliverance, if you want a healthy mind, start speaking the word of God. Well, it's not that simple, Pastor Dave. All right, fine. Just keep doing it your own way. But I can tell you this much. This has worked for me. Amen? Because it's what Jesus himself did. And it has changed my life. Number two, talking about healing for your mind. Number two, healing for your will. Healing for your will. And as we said earlier, the will has a lot to do with your power of choice. Sometimes when we've been through a a traumatic or hurtful situation, we feel like we just don't have the will to go on. Have you ever been there? Where, I mean, you've had trauma on the job, and you're like, I just can't even go back into that place. I can't even finish the day. Have you ever had trauma in in your relationships? Like, I just don't have the will to go on. Listen to me. There's healing for that. There's healing for that. Now, maybe sometimes God's saying, well, it's time to move on to a new job or whatever the case is. But maybe it's the devil trying to run you off. And if he can control your soul and destroy your will, you'll quit ahead of your time. There's answer for this. There's healing for this. You know, I was in a situation once and, you know, God, I don't have the will. I don't even know. I just, I can't force myself to even do it anymore. And upon turning to scripture, the Lord gave me some revelation knowledge that changed my life. And one of the absolute most well-known Bible passages in all of scripture that we've all read a million times. Well, maybe you have, I don't know. But Psalm 23, look at that with me tonight. Psalm 23. And this is, this is, I mean, one of the most well-known portions of Scripture. And I love Psalm 23 so much that I could just sit there and bask in Psalm 23 all day long and never get tired of it. Amen? I just, I love this. Psalm 23. And here we have, of course, King David writing about this. But Psalm 23, and he says something very key here that maybe you've passed over and haven't noticed. But Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm glad I'm not my own shepherd because then I would really be in want. I'm glad that you're not my shepherd because I would be in want. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And as we let that soak in, man, that is healing for my soul right there to know that God, he he lets me lay down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. But look at verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 3, he restores my soul. If you are in a place where your will has just been broken and you're weary and you're like, man, I'm I'm just going to quit. I don't even know what else to do. If you'll look to the shepherd, he will restore your soul, meaning he will restore your mind and your will to go on. And I promise you, as I, as, I, as I soaked that verse in and I took it to the Lord, he restored my will to continue and to go on. And I am so glad that he did. But he will restore your mind, your will, and he'll restore your emotions if you will let him. But something else I want to point out. Something that I really love about Jesus, uh, you know, amongst the five bazillion things that I love about Jesus, one of them is, is that 
Hebrews 4.15 tells us that he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Every area that you've been tempted and tested in, Jesus himself was tempted and tested in, even in the area of his will and his emotions, but we know that he passed the test. And so I want you to see something here in Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, we're going to look here at verse 41. Luke 22 and verse 41. Are you with me tonight? Luke 22, and we're going to look here at verse 41, because I, 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 I know that Jesus faced all the same things that we face. Amen. And and he passed it, and he's giving us the power to pass the test. Luke chapter 22, and we're going to look at verses 41 through 44. Luke 22. And here we have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane shortly before the big day went down, right? And and here he is, and, and he's going off to pray. So Luke 22, verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so obviously, if you've got to pray something like that, your wants and desires at the moment are a little bit different. He's like, okay, uh, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus came into submission to the Father right here. And look at this, that an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. I I just love to imagine that moment. What did that angel do to strengthen Jesus? I don't know. It doesn't tell us, but that had to be a powerful moment right there. And look at this, verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly than his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Here's Jesus. I mean, I feel like I've had some emotional, high-stress moments, but I have never face something like this right here. And Jesus was at such a point that he's sweating blood and he's at such a level. I mean, all we say things like, I feel like I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders right now. And I just see Jesus in the background rolling his eyes. Really? Because I know what it's like to have the weight of the world on my shoulders. And here he was, the sins and the, and the, and, and all the punishment that you deserved and I deserved and we all deserved was getting ready to come down upon this one human being. And here he is, and he's praying, God, if there is some other way, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This angel shows up, and whatever takes place in this moment, Jesus, his will is submitted, and he's ready to go forward and complete the job. And so Jesus didn't quit. Yeah, well, he couldn't quit. He's Jesus. Yeah, you kidding me? He said he could have quit. He said, listen, guys, calm down. Peter's like, we'll get out here and we'll fight these guys. He said, stop it. Listen, uh, no one's taking my life. I'm giving my life. I'm choosing for this to happen. But then he said this. He said, if I wanted to, I could ask my father to send down 12 legions of angels right now. And completely, I could quit. I could get out of this if I want to. A legion, right? Those, these legions, that's 6,000 angels, 12 times six. What do we got there? We got 72. He said, I could send down, I could have Scott to send down 72,000 angels right now, and I could quit and walk away. Jesus could have quit, but he did not quit. Who's glad Jesus didn't quit? 
You think life's hard right now? Imagine a, imagine a Jesus that quit. Imagine a dead Savior. Imagine, imagine that he didn't raise from the dead. If you think you've had problems, you don't know problems. I don't even want to imagine what it would have been like if Jesus had quit. Thank God he didn't quit. But he said, no, I'm laying, forget my will. Your will be done. And then number three, let's go there. Number three, I'm talking about healing for your emotions. Healing for your emotions. There's healing for your whole soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, emotions aren't bad, right? But the God gave them to us. But when we let them control us, we need some deliverance. You do not need to be controlled by your emotions. Man, I just feel super happy today. I was sad yesterday, but I'm on a high today. Let's go out and just do something crazy. Let's go buy a new $50,000 truck. Woo-hoo! Woo! You're controlled by your emotions. And even in the emotion of happiness, you can do really stupid things. Man, I just feel so sad. I don't know what else. I'm just going to go. I don't know, let's just uh, let's just go do this over here. I, uh, it'll make me feel better. I'll go eat fifty thousand calories of McDonald's and I'll just feel better. That'll that's bad for you. I'll go drink all this stuff and just forget about all my problems. If you're controlled by your emotions, that is bad. And I'm you know we're not pointing at you, but we're saying there's healing and deliverance for this. You'll say things if you're controlled by your emotions. Anger and rage will cause you to say. Things that can destroy different parts of your life. God gave you your emotions because they're appropriate for all sorts of different times of life. But to be controlled by them is unhealthy, and that is not the will of God for you. The will of God is that you would live according to the Spirit. Amen. Galatians 5, 16. If this I say, then if you walk according to the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so God's will is for you to walk according to your spirit. But as we look at emotions, I realize that a lot of the biggest names in the Bible were guys that were very emotional guys. So that's good news for us because David, just read the Psalms, right? He's all over the place in there. He's like, my soul is downcast and heavy. I am laden with, you know, and all, and just, and just all this stuff. And then the very next chapter, man, I feel good today. Woo! And then the next chapter, Lord, kill my enemies. Kill them. You're like, what's going on? And so Katie makes fun of me, but she's always like, Pastor Dave's a Psalm 23 type of guy. I'm resting in green meadows and beside the still water. And then she's some of these other Psalms, strike my enemies, kill them, stab them in the back. I'm like, okay, we don't, you know, praise God. We all get different, we got favorite parts of scripture, amen, praise God for whatever yours is. I like the peaceful stuff, just like laying in the open streams, praise the Lord. But, um, but listen, a lot of these great men of scripture, they're my, Peter, right? Peter's all over the place. He's got anger. He's got jealousy with the other disciples. There is recording of, of him cussing. And, 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 I mean, he gets so mad he chops someone's ear off and all this stuff. And, and, and here's the thing, all right? God was able to use these guys because they matured and got control. And they got healing and healthy and stable emotionally. Some guy told me, he's like, man, hey, I identify with, I'm just like Peter. I'm out, I get in fights and I cuss people out and pray. I'm just like Peter. I'm like, forgive me. But I was like, listen here, doofus. He didn't stay that way. He didn't stay chopping ears off and cussing people out and fighting with John and, and compare. He didn't stay that way. He got healed of that. Now, 
listen, he was always very courageous and brave and bold and would speak the truth. But after this instance here in Luke, you don't see him cussing people out anymore. He got control of that. And because of it, Peter became such a stable pillar of the New Testament church. Jesus said, man, he said, listen, you are Peter. You're the rock. I will build my church upon this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter, you are a rock. Jesus changed his name, but Peter matured. He didn't stay cutting people's ears off. He got better. He got healthy with all of that. And so that's good news for us that there is healing and health available. Look at Luke chapter 22. I'm really coming under the wire here. Luke chapter 22. I want to look at verse 31. Luke chapter 22. We're already there, but look at verses 31 and 32. And so this is Jesus is trying to tell the disciples, man, hey, it's, it's coming. The day's coming. I'm going to have to lay my life down. Luke 22 verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon... Simon, and indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And I'm like, man, that what a powerful moment right there. Jesus knew that a season of testing was about to come upon Peter. And Jesus was already praying in advance. He's like, man, I have prayed for you, Peter. I've prayed for you already. Isn't that great that Jesus knows before we know? And he's already praying for us in advance. He's already taking care of things in advance. So I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail when you've returned to me. Strengthen your brethren. And so do you want to see this terrible moment? Do you, I mean, look at this. Luke 22, verse 60. Luke twenty-two sixty, 60. And, and, and this is Peter's mental and emotional breakdown right here at the end of the chapter. And so we know that Jesus is like, guys, I'm going to die. And Peter's like, never, you'll never die. Listen to me. I, I, I would, I will never. And he's like, no, Peter, Peter, stop, stop, quit. Don't talk like that. Listen to me, Peter. Before the rooster even crows tomorrow morning, not only will you abandon me, you'll deny that you even know me. And he's like, oh, I might die before I did that. Maybe these guys, maybe these other, I don't, I don't know about them, but me, I die before I denied you. And then here we have Luke 22. Jesus is arrested, betrayed, they're, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing to him. And here we have three times. Someone's like, hey, hey, well, I recognize, you're one of those guys that was with, with, with Jesus. Me? No, I don't, I don't even know him. Then someone else, hey, I, I can tell your Galilean accent. You sound like, so. you must be one of the disciples. And he's like, I don't even, I don't even, I've never even met this guy before. Can you imagine somebody arresting and kidnapping the person closest to you in your life, maybe your own child, for, for example, and your kid's crying out, hey, hey, do something. And you're like, I don't know him. Can you imagine selling out the person that you love the most and denying that you even know them? And here we have Jesus right here. This is the third time, Luke 22, verse 60. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're saying. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And here's a portion that a lot of people don't catch. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Peter was right there as they were doing all this stuff to Jesus. And he denies him. The rooster crows. And then Jesus looks over at Peter. Can you imagine that moment when Jesus looks you in the eyes and you just sold him out? That's enough to give somebody a 
pretty bad breakdown. That could ruin you. That could break you permanently right there. And so he looks over at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Talk about an emotional mess and breakdown. Now, I'm not here to, to, to end that on a negative note. What I'm saying is, hey, we've been through some stuff. I've never been through anything like that right there. But I know this much. The good news is this, is that Peter didn't stay there. Peter received forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, right? For who believes that forgiveness is a great thing that you need? He received restoration because when Jesus rose back again, right? You look at the very end of John over there and you see he comes back to the disciples and he talks to Peter. He says, Peter, listen, do you love me? Well, yeah, you know, I love you. Feed my sheep. And then Jesus says it again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. And then Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And and, and, And Peter says, Lord, you know, I love you. And there's significance to that. He denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus gives him the chance three times publicly in front of people to not only recognize and acknowledge Jesus, but to say, Jesus, I love you. And Peter is restored. And you go on, you can read the rest yourself, the book of Acts. My gosh, he was such a powerful man that he walked down the street. And if his shadow even passed over these sick people, they got healed. He had chance after chance to denounce Jesus again. But he kept saying, no, we cannot be quiet. I will preach in the name of Jesus until the day that I die. And Peter was so on fire for Jesus that Peter died for Jesus. Peter died on a cross upside down. And 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 he was totally restored and used. And so what I'm telling you out of all of that tonight is this, that Jesus came to pay the price for your sins, but he also came to provide healing for you. Healing not only for your physical body, but healing and wholeness and peace for your soul. And if this has been, you know, uh, if the soul has been a problem for you, because it is a problem for most people, if that's been a problem, it doesn't have to stay that way. You can use the words of your mouth, the scriptures, to fight this thing. You can absolutely saturate yourself in the word, and you can also, I believe, you can pray for healing for your mind, will, and emotions, just like you can pray for some healing for your body. Amen? And so Jesus came to heal you. We need to receive that. Amen? All right, we're out of time. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Pray that we learned some things. But Jesus wants you healed. He wants you made whole in every single possible way. Amen? Well, glory to God. I, I want to give you a chance tonight. Uh, well, we're a little bit late on time. Tell you what, if you need some prayer tonight, we'd love to pray for you here in a few minutes. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to close down tonight. I want to encourage you that you need to take these things to heart and speak the word of God over your life. It's the sword of the spirit, according to Ephesians 6. This is your weapon. Don't fight thoughts with thoughts. Fight thoughts with the word of God. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. We're going to close things down, but I want to remind you that, of course, we've got a great weekend coming up, and we've got a lot of uh, of uh, just different groups and events that we're trying to put out there for you because we know how important it is for you to connect with other Christians. 
And the devil's used, you know, the last year and a half of all this stuff to try to separate you and sift you. And so we're trying our best as a church to make opportunities available for you to reconnect with the fellow Christians and the body of Christ. So take advantage of this stuff so you can, I mean, be made whole and healed and healthy. Amen. All right. Well, go ahead and want to pray for you tonight. Can we raise our hands together? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we know it's not your will for us to be uh, unhealthy in the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's not your will for us to be holding grudges, to be holding anger and unforgiveness, to be having thoughts torment us, God. That's not your will. Your will is for us to be healthy in this department, God. And so I pray that we've received your word tonight. And, Lord, I know that you're working in us and through us and for us. And we thank you that we are healed and made whole in every possible way. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? All right, let's go ahead and close this out by speaking some words of faith over Barstow. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Sunday.